You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. All right, guys, we have a, a fun episode of CarCast today. I'm going to tell you about uh, a new, uh, new, new location I've picked up, new shop, new little warehouse. And uh, we'll get into uh, some cars being sold coming up soon, including a Gone in 60 Seconds movie car, an original movie car. Uh, before we get started, a word from our friends at Dodge. We all know Dodge means horsepower and muscle, and now you know that Dodge has ranked number one for initial quality by J.D. Power. J.D. Power also named Dodge the automotive company with the best driver appeal for mass market brands. They're number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year, and it's the first time a domestic automotive brand ran away with both awards in the same year. You know, with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder that Dodge is scooping up all of these awards. So there's never been a better time now to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. See your local Dodge dealer today or visit Dodge.com. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. How you doing? This is a week into training, getting ready for Royal Rumble. <laughs> I feel I feel like one of the cars that's shown on every clip of Roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's a good analogy for you, there you have. Yeah. Well, you get- hopefully, hopefully, prior to the match, I'll look like a car that's being rolled up on the stage at Barrett Jackson. So there you I go. Doubt it. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll get to that in a sec. But first, a word from our friends at Dodge. We all know Dodge means horsepower and muscle, but did you know that J.D. Power ranked Dodge number one for initial quality? And J.D. Power also named Dodge the automotive company with best driver appeal for mass market brands. So there's never been a better time now to, than to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. See your local Dodge dealer today or visit Dodge.com. Do you, when you, I know you get this short time frame and... Uh, and I know you push yourself hard. Do you, do you set certain expectations, like what you need to do in, in, in three weeks or four weeks? Uh, you know, like just, I don't know, physically or something. I mean, the, except the number one goal is don't get hurt between now and then, right? <laughs> you can, yeah. I'm, already, I'm already hurt. Though. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, See, you can't. Because, and I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. And, and <clears throat> you know, all joking aside, um, once you look at it, it's like a it, here. I'll throw auto analogy. It's like getting a car ready for SEMA in ten days, mm-hmm. right? It's like getting a car a, a build ready for you know the reveal shot on a, a reality show. Yeah. Uh, but in this world, I had the conundrum that I have is you have a limited time, right? Yeah. So do you what? How much do you portion out for strength? for stretching, for, you know, it's just, it's a conundrum because there's so much to do in such a short period of time. And then if you, you overload in one area, you're, you're, you're negatively compensating for it in the other area. Like if I train too much, then I'm going to hurt myself. Right. But if I don't train enough, then I'm not ready. So, you know, I mean, it's just. But how is your, how is your, Here's the thing. It's like everybody wants to look good when they get into the ring. As you get older, <laughs> that's a thing. It's not possible. You know, I can't but, do it in four weeks. It's not possible. So you just try to figure out how you can 
save face with either yourself or the crowd. You know, I mean, it's just it's a weird and, and it and, sucks. And we've we've talked Period. about this before when you were doing it. It's like obviously you're. When you're in there, you want to put on the best show possible. And not it doesn't always go that way. It's still very taxing physically, mentally, but you want to put on the best show for the fans possible that are that are watching. But the training regimen has to be much different now. Like I would imagine, yeah, you gotta look good, you wanna get big, you wanna get you wanna get cut. But I'd be like, how about flexibility, man? I, I just feel like just a That's lot of I'm stretching. All I'm doing, my son is lifting more weight than me and he's 14. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, I spend most of my time in the gym, uh, uh, in the gym at D1 Fitness with him, training every day, just stretching, man. He's, <laughs> and then, I mean, I'm just trying to be pliable. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. So I just don't want to snap in the ring. I'm not, and I'm not talking about my head. I'm talking about every appendage. You know, it's just, you know, no, well, the, let's move on. You know. Okay. But that's important because <laughs> it is, is that's how you're going to have, that's how you're going to be able to survive to put on a good show is going to be, can you, can you move around and not get injured in the, however many minutes you, you need to be in the ring or, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Cause it ends very quickly. It ends very quickly. If something pulls or tears or injures or whatever, in the first 30 seconds, it changes the whole match. In 216, when I went back and yeah. I wrestled Brock at WrestleMania, I blew yeah. out my groin within the first 10 seconds of the bell ringing. <laughs> well, I don't know how you did that. We don't need to get into how. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's, hey, you know, I'm not going to sit here. I, we do this every week. You know, it sounds, you know, I'm crying. But, yeah, there's just a lot. There's a lot to, lot to happen in a very short period of time, and you try to prioritize stuff. And, you know, is it more important to be cut? Is it more important to be big? What can you realistically do in three weeks? You know, yeah. in attaining that goal, am I going to hurt myself like I did yesterday in squatting? You know, I mean, it, it, yeah. it is what it is. Look, but I, I get it. But 31st, it, I'm there. It but is, I just think we're interested. I'll be driving my TRX to the freaking <laughs> We're just interested in it because it's part of the job, right? And it's just a big part of, of your career for so many years and what you're doing and what you're doing now. And honestly, the, the build a car for a SEMA analogy or even the reality show analogy is the, the biggest difference is, is we could fake it at the last minute, <laughs> you know? And, know. And, and you don't, you don't really get to do that. No, I don't, I don't have that luxury. <laughs> you don't get to do well, that. Well, all right. Well, at least uh, so far, so good. Uh, you're getting into it. I, I, I see you got uh, – listen, I, I, I know you've also got the big garage going on, and the gym's going to be amazing up there as well. Uh, I hope I hope that when it's done, you don't look at it and go, hey, I don't, I don't want to use that gym. <laughs> I, I know Gage will use it. That's for sure. Um, but uh, – uh, I, think, I built this for myself, but now since I can't use it, it's all yours. That's hey, listen. There's nothing better though than to be able to go in uh, to the gym with Gage and kind of act as coach instead of a partner in, in in training. Oh yeah, that would be perfect if you listened to me. But yeah, he, <laughs> well, he's 14. He doesn't want to listen to anybody. Uh, yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, the truck looks great. You know, we'll segue to it as I spill my coffee all over the place. But the truck looks great, man. I saw your pictures on Instagram. Oh, thank you. And, yeah. Uh, Beautiful. How's it run? It runs fine. Um, it, uh, you know, that, the, the engine that's in there, uh, stock is, it's, it's, it's interesting because as I start to build this new engine, 
I start to notice m- more flaws on the current engine. I know that in the morning it starts right up when it's cold, but when I drive for 20 minutes and then park it, you know, to run in to get, you know, pick up packages, the mailbox, pick up parts or something, I get back in it and that starter is struggling. Wow, wow, wow. Trying to get that thing started. <laughs> Luckily, it's happened every time. <clears throat> Uh, uh, but a couple of weeks ago, I, I don't know where we were going. We were going to some event. We were meeting uh, meeting Adam somewhere. Uh, I don't know the shop or something. Was it the Vegas thing? Or? Um, no, it was it was a little bit it was a little bit before that. I, I I don't know why we were I don't know where we were going, but we were hauling ass to try to to try to to try to get there, and. Uh, the car just stopped in the middle of the road. It just on the freeway doing eighty. It just it just started. It stalled out, and then I was like, "What the hell?" And I my first thought is is one of my fuel pumps are out because on there's two fuel tanks, and on the dash there's a switch to pick between the two. And I already replaced one of the fuel pumps, which I didn't want to do because it's a month old and I have to throw out the whole thing later, right? <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, as it started to stall, I immediately hit the switch for the other fuel pump. Didn't make a difference. Pulled over on the side of the freeway, opened the hood, just made sure like I didn't, I didn't throw a belt or or the AC compressor was locking up or, you know, was I smelling smoke? Everything seemed fine. I closed the hood, got in, started it, and ran. I haven't had an issue since. I don't know what happened that it just, it just stopped. It just don't you hate? I mean, obviously everyone hates that, but yeah, I mean, just getting in and the starter laboring, you know, having uh, uh, multiple issues, phantom issues. It's just nice. It's the only reason I have a new car. I know, and then have the ability to go over to these old pain in the ass. We we talk about the Mustang Mach One. Really, my motivation behind all of that was like, I just want to get a a new car that's under warranty and and will Mm -hmm. will work every day. Uh, You know, uh, but that being said, um, the truck looks good. And, uh, you know, excited about getting this engine and stuff. Now, we talk about your, your, your super garage that you're building. Out here, it's much harder to do a little do that kind of stuff in in the LA area, especially in the West Side area. There's there's no you are the, you are the king of you are the king of understatements <laughs> <laughs> because I, finding garage space in that area is uh, is like non-existent. I mean, everybody's just struggling with like where to park cars. Every by the way, every like little house in in Culver City, in, in Venice, in the Marina del Rey area. Uh, all these houses, they're allowed to have an ADU, right, which is a, an additional dwelling unit. It's basically a guest house. And just for the sake of income, all these little houses out here have taken their garages and turned them into apartments and often rent them out, which means the house owner can't park there. And then now the rental person can't park there. So there's just. So that's the cause of all the street parking? And, so, and, uh, really, in the neighborhoods, that's what it is. There's just tons of cars parked on the street because all the parking has basically been eliminated. Yeah, sure. There's, there's some driveways and things like that. And then apartment complexes, um, small buildings, build, big buildings, they try to build as much parking as they possibly can. You know, and it it gets a lot of into, um, 
you know, with one bedroom apartments, there's usually one parking space. Not all the time. The older places don't have parking. The newer places, you'll get one bedroom and you'll get uh, one parking space. Two bedroom will get you two. Anything above that three, four bedroom, you still get two, right? But you're moving into an eight bedroom house. <laughs> well, these are the apartments on out here because there's so many. Uh, by the way, speaking of houses, you look at houses all over LA. I, it doesn't really matter where. Sure, there's a couple of really big houses that got massive garages, but I'm telling you, you will buy, you will find houses on Zillow, eight thousand, nine thousand, ten thousand square feet, two car garage. Because the land is still so valuable that these houses are gorgeous, but they're three or four levels high and because the footprint is still low. you know. But think of how many people, how many couples, uh, married couples, dating couples have uh, you know, a one-bedroom apartment and two cars, right? And so the thousands of one-bedroom apartments out here with even one place to park, there isn't any. So anyway, that all being said – uh, I finally pulled the trigger and got some warehouse sp- space of my own out on the west side. Obviously, Adam's got all of his places here. They're actually pretty full um, because of the production company has grown and they're building out some studio stuff and green screen offices. And, you know, so there's a there's an entire warehouse that Adam bought that we can't even use. And then the big shop where the car collection is, the back is completely stuffed. The race shop where my Mustang is, you can barely even get to it because there's just cars and parts and stuff out of the way, in the way. Not to mention Adam, of course, bringing up the fact that my car's been sitting on his lift for, you know, four years. Is, he's uh, been saying that for the last 10. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, it, and, and, it, and it goes from one car to the next. It's, it's been there. It's definitely been there for, for a minute or two. But uh, What are you going to buy of his next? Um, I don't know. I want to buy his Aston Martin, but every time I ask him if he wants to sell me the Aston Martin, he's like, he, I go, do you want to sell the Aston Martin? He goes, not for what you want to pay for it. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, that, that part I, I do understand. But so I got some space on the West side and, and I know I'm piquing Chris's interest because Chris has space. Uh, I don't know, like Long Beach or something. Where yeah, by the say? airport. By the airport yeah. in Long Beach, and and I know it's less expensive out there. It just, I I, it only made sense for me to find something close to where I live on the west side, right? And um, I've, uh, you know, aside from the podcasting, I've got a couple businesses that I run as well. So I wanted to be able to run those businesses from this location. So uh, picked up. Um, uh, very, very lucky to find this place because I looked at tons of places. All of them are shit. Is uh, I, I got twenty two hundred square foot warehouse. There's there's some office space in front, but I've got high ceilings, so I can go up a little bit. I can do a little bit of a mezzanine or something, um, and I don't want to waste the floor space for all the parts and 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 storage stuff. So I want to go up with that. So I want to have plenty of space on the ground. There's a 200 square foot office in the front. So I've got 2000 square feet of warehouse space and I can put cars there. I can definitely, uh, it's, it's wonderfully secure alarms and cameras and steel doors. It's in a nice little industrial park. That's kind of hidden. Um, and, uh, I already met a bunch of the neighbors and they're all wonderful. Um, there's another automotive guy in there. He does these crazy body kits, like like the wide body 
uh, like E46 BMW kits and Honda kits and wings, carbon fiber wings. Yeah, is a plexiglass guy, an air conditioning guy, and everybody seems to be good. But I want to keep that floor space open for to bring the cars in and out. Maybe put a lift in there to do a little work on the cars when you need to, um, and uh, and not not take up you know six hundred square feet of storage. I want to go up with that stuff. If I build some sort of storage mezzanine. I could put a bunch of big heavy duty shelves, store all the parts up there. Because you, you know, too bad garage Mahal doesn't pay. You know, still I, in production. I, I know. We I redo, redo your garage, but you know, we're we're on hiatus because we're doing mine. <laughs> I, I I know. I thought about that too. I walked into the back over there and I was looking at all the cabinets and stuff. But uh, you know, um, also uh, friends already that I work with on 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 shoots and videos and stuff, they said, Hey, this is fantastic. What are you going to do in there? Can I come in and just uh, give a few thoughts on lighting? And so we can do some shoots in there. So I've reached out to a few people and it's funny because you're working with this amazing company, Metron for your garage. And, uh, and we were just sort of ch- chatting on social media, and I go, "Hey, this is a this is a small idea, but I just need a." But you ought to inquire, man. They're I, great. I, and I was just like, "That's right in their wheelhouse. That's what they started with." And, and you know, I said, "Personal garages." Like well, cause it's funny because they even posted recently. You guys should follow Metron on social media. By the way, Metron Garage. Follow them on social media. They do this amazing stuff, this gorgeous stuff. Everything from. Uh, we've been talking about your garage that you've been building, this 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 bu- big, beautiful facility. They just posted some of the renderings, of, by the way. You've, obviously, you've, you've posted them as well, but they're just – put them up again. The place looks amazing. And then I got it into my head from talking to your garage. I was like, man, this is such a, a, a big project, a wonderful project. But you realize that this company has done a lot of like smaller projects and car washes and things. And I and and we were oh, just yeah. chatting with them. And I go, hey man, I just need like a freestanding uh, metal like steel uh, mezzanine with a staircase, not attached to the wall, something that could be mm-hmm. removable because I'm renting the place. And they're like, yeah, of course we do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, they, but <laughs> they, they they do everything, man. No, they uh, really do. So I'm going to try to reach I, out to them and have them. It's a know. great company run by great people. Obviously, we're doing uh, this very big project in conjunction with each other. And um, I'm I'm trying to hold back on advertising for them and tooting their horn. But, I mean, once this thing starts being erected out here, um, I'm going to be talking about them week after week because their work is – unmatched from what I've seen. And, and, you know, I always say that the people behind the product um, are very important and the most important part of it. And these guys are, they're unflappable. They're, they're just wonderful. Well, and, and, you know, most of the people that they've worked with up in San Antonio and around the country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the third parties, they're called in on my job. So you don't have to question anybody doing anything because they're all in the family. Yeah. Well, it, it's fantastic to hear. And I know you and I have had this conversation off the air as well. Um, what a great time you're having with them. Um, I, I'm, you know, look, I, I'm going to have to get something anyway. Hopefully I'll be able to work with these guys to make it happen. Um, already they just responded right away and they seem fantastic. But uh, I just want to get on the phone with them or something and say, uh, you know, what what can we do? But it is Kind of one of the things I wanted to point out is these guys at Metron, yes, they're doing some bigger facilities and entire buildings, 
but I, I don't know that that has to be the way it is. Like you can contact them and say, I've got some ideas here. You know, I want to build out no, a well, second level of mezzanine catwalk. You know, yeah. Stuff remember like that. when we went to the place up in Detroit uh, at Roadkill when they gave us the tour? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the uh, M- M1 there. concourse, like the uh, M1 concourse. That's that's their wheelhouse, right? They do yeah. personal garages. That's what they started with. Not what they started with, but that's what they segued to. Obviously, yeah. a, a ten to twenty thousand square foot facility like mine is is quite different um, than a project like that. But that's what they concentrate on. That the car washes originally. And, uh, yeah, they've got multiple ideas for anything and everything that you want to do. Which is, you actually brought up. I'm envious because it's such an easy space to do comparatively. I know. Uh, You actually, you brought up the Roadkill Nights, the M1 Concourse. The idea of those places there, they were sort of like garage condos. They were sort of a live-work place. and. And that was sort of my inspiration. When I was looking for places, I go, I just need to get something with a tall enough ceiling that I can do that that mezzanine area. I Absolutely. Do, I like the idea of – of look, uh, it's cool to have the cars in there and we're talking about the cars. But let's face it. Most of my time in there is going to be uh, you know, is running the businesses, sitting at a desk, um, you know, doing some work, Zoom calls, and to be able to not have to uh, – erect some sort of mobile thing every time like we're talking about you and i both you know you're sitting in the in the in the living room over there or one exactly. of your rooms, but you're building a podcast office you know uh, in your new garage i need to be able to have something like that at my facility as well so uh excited to do that we're 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 here on a wednesday recording so on friday in a couple of days uh, i'm gonna go over there and get the keys for it everything's pretty much done start moving some 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 stuff in there right away uh already been talking to people like i said about metron about getting the garage done getting the floors done and my thing is is i was like maybe i should have leased this thing for a really long time because the money i'm already investigated is more than the goddamn lease <laughs> and uh it's not like the desire or the need for it is going to wane anytime soon you know, right now, from what I understand, people are snapping up properties like that more for uh, home workout facilities than like garages. So, I mean, space is very limited up there and, and everywhere. Well, not here, but um, there's no question it's limited up there. And if you were able to snap something up like that to use as a dual purpose, I'd hold on to it. Yeah, you know, and um, again, this is this is this is not a purchase. This is just a a, a rental in this industrial park, um, and uh, it's a good place. I'm excited about getting in there. But you're right; all around town, there are tons of vacancies, offices, retail stores. Every gym is gone, and some of these guys are just trying to survive. There's they're very limited on what they can do with a gym, but if they rent a warehouse space where it's basically a giant roll up door. And they're pushing half the gym outside. Uh, you know, it, you can get away with that. You know, again, you're not forcing it upon anybody. You're working out inside. There's some social distancing and stuff going on right now. Um, again, and, I mean, of course, money being an object of why I, I didn't make a purchase. I'm just renting. Also, you know, through businesses, there's tax write-offs and things like that. Of why, but also California is kind of a shit show, and I'm not sure I want to commit to buying. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> to, to buying a, a warehouse, in, you know, uh, you know. So as the things, I'd be feeling it out for the near future. You know, you know it's, yeah. it's, it's it's very interesting. And look, it certainly over the next year or so, um, maybe things 
pop up or become affordable or whatever or or a, a, a place comes up that where you go, hey, maybe it does make sense to to buy something. But you know, like Chris pointed out, Long Beach or out here in Glendale or Burbank area, it's a bit further than than where I live. So my first thing would be like, well. I moved to California to be on the west side, to be kind of near the water, and I like you know Santa Monica and the restaurants and stuff. And if I want to stay on the west side, do I commit to renting a warehouse not far from where I live, or do I buy something out here in the Glendale area? Uh, and and no one have to you know spend an hour you know forty five minutes going each way, and it's. It it is an interesting thing. It doesn't it's allow quality you, of life. It's it, whatever is more important to you, man. Yeah. When I came out there and I did the and I did the Goldbergs and I stayed in Glendale. Yeah. I thought to myself, you know what? I mean, I'm only 25 miles away from set. It may take an hour in the morning, but when I'm done, man, I am out. And I'm I'm out. You know, it's a completely different world outside of those confines. So it, it's, it, it's all it's all what you want and what sacrifice you're willing to make for. It, it is, and and. The biggest decision was for for right now. Uh, uh, one of the new companies that uh, that I'm working on, we'll, we'll announce it to you guys uh, later in a few months. Um, uh, it's something that Bill and I have been cooking up. Uh, that's the focus for me, and and for me to be able to uh, be at home even at night working on the computer and going, oh, I need to get something, or I need to print something, or I need to photograph something. I I like the idea of just getting in a car and nine minutes later being at the office, basically. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the thing for me. And as much as I love the facilities here and Adam's been so gracious and, and, and wonderful for all of this stuff, it's still a haul. It's a it's a drive exactly. you know, for, for Chris as well. Chris doesn't live anywhere near here. Oh, man. <laughs> it's rough. You know, like for a minute, yeah. for a minute, you were like in Eagle Rock, which wasn't that far. Yeah. But that uh, was bad. But. Yeah. But, you know, then the girl and the fiance and the whole. And yeah. That, I got suckered. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, I'm not living out there. <laughs> Fucking Eagle Rock. What are you nuts? Yeah. It's, yeah it's she's like, I have friends. I have a life. I have a job. I don't want it. There's nothing that out there. <laughs> yeah, if, if you but plan on coming here, we're talking about it's traffic time. That's it's, the other thing. It's too. traffic time. Yeah. And if you plan on coming here, that's your day. Like, yeah, you have to plan it. Like, hey, what are you going to do on Friday? Committed. I'm going to go to the shop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go there. Oh, so here was the other thing is is so over where the cars are right now. We've called that the shop. We've always said, hey, that's the shop. So when we're on the phone, everybody knows we're at the shop, and this has always been the studio. And, you know, so like, hey, where, where are you going to be? We're going to meet at the studio. We're going to meet at the shop, you know, and that's now just, what now what what third? Yeah. So and I was like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to call this other place. Right. And, you know, and I'm talking to, to Tammy, uh, my girlfriend, who's, who works with me on these projects. I don't want to say I'm going to the shop because she's like, you're going to Glendale. And I'm like, already we don't have any, we don't have the keys to this goddamn place. <laughs> and it was confusing. So I was like, I could call it a fort. I could call it a layer, layer. Your cave. Uh, it's funny you interesting. Um, uh, our fun, our buddy Dave Jesco said it's the Matt Cave. It's like a bat cave, but it's a Matt Cave. <laughs> I go. I love it. I, I love it. It's funny. I I, I like now. that too. Except I have a hard time like saying it. Like I'm going in the Matt Cave. <laughs> and uh, it's it as I was. As, as I was uh, going through some of the stuff, everybody was sort of joking, joking on the phone the other day. 
I was watching the Fast and the Furious, the first one from what, 2001. And that opening scene where they're all street racing and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Brian is like, hey, I almost had you. And then the cops break it up and he picks up Toretto and they, and, they, and when they get back to the house and the party's going on and he's like, what'd you do? Why are you bringing the buster here? And he's like, the buster brought me. And he goes, I didn't just escape and run back to the fort. And, uh, and, and I was like, oh, he you calls this like place the, the fort. Yeah. Fort. It's funny because a friend of mine said a fort. He goes, it sounds like something you made out of couch pillows for your, for your kids or your dog. <laughs> and I said, I know, but it sounds kind of funny. So uh, we need to come up with a good name. We need to come up with a name for this place. If you guys you are listening, all our up. listeners can come up with it, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, Matt Cave was funny, though. Go to the Matt I'm Cave. Sticking with, I'm sticking <laughs> with that one, man. Good job. Uh, uh, all right. So that all being said, getting into this place soon, I will post some stuff for you guys oh. if you're interested and share your ideas on what I should do in that place. Um, hopefully even Friday, I'll, uh, I'll j- just post some stuff on, on social media and just say, here it is walking in, give you an idea of what it looks like before we do anything. It's actually very clean. It's very nice. There's a skylight. Like I said, it's secured metal doors and I'm just doing cameras and alarm systems and, and all that stuff. Um, I'm jealous. Um, Listen, as much as I love to own like what you do, I did this whole deal in like nine days. I went over, I saw it. I was like, great. Here's a lease. Will you take this much? You're asking whatever. And they said, fine. I said, and they go, when do you want to move? I was like, I'll move in today. So you write, you write it up, and then I got a lease in 72 hours, and I'm just going to show up there and meet the agent and uh, and just get in. Just get in right away. <laughs> it must be nice to make it that yeah, part. Just, yeah, and now, of course, I got to move some stuff in there. It's all going to be stacked up in that front office because I want to. I want to do the floors and and stuff. Literally, the day uh, Friday, I go in at nine thirty to get the keys, and then I'm meeting the garage build that guy at ten. I'm meeting the floor guy at like eleven. I mean, Welcome <laughs> to my life. You know, I was, like on Friday. I, I've already set up all of these appointments just to get this. Oh, stuff and in done. between that, you got to work out and eat ten thousand calories today. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm feeling Listen, your pain. Believe me. Uh, the working out, the eating, the calories is easy for me, but but but, but then I have to go and fight somebody for it <laughs> at the end of the month is not something I want to do. <laughs> I can do it like um, yeah. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so excited about that. Uh, we'll uh, get some more information on that. Um. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. A lot of talk around the new... I think it's hideous. <laughs> he already does. The new GM logo. I, I'm trying to figure out what, what's, what's going on here. I don't know that they needed to do this. They're like, this is... So GM took their wonderful GM capital bold logo, and they went to a lowercase logo with a little a line under the M. And they said, this this reflects our... Our our future in EV and it's supposed to be modern and fun. I was like, I don't know. It's smiling. It's weird, and especially for a a, a brand, a company that does so well in the truck market. Like, how many Silverados and GMCs and SUVs? Like, there's just kind of a, a toughness to it. 
Not anymore. And, and they really kind of softened it up with this logo, and they said, they said, oh, the M with the line under it is supposed to simulate a plug, like an outlet plug, like an EV plug. And I'm like, uh, okay. And the G is an upside down gas pump. Yeah, I, I don't know. So it, I was just thinking about it, and it. I, I commend their efforts for wanting to sort of, you know, open their eyes to the future, not shun it, not saying, hey, we're, we're set in our ways. But I would not mind uh, having them take the GM logo that they had and maybe even softening it up or changing the color for the EV vehicles, right? And and say, hey, this is kind of a, a, a spin on on what they do. Um Here's the thing with with brands. Sometimes a brand gets behind a logo and their brand book is created and they're like, this is how you use it. This is how much room needs to be about it. This is how you size it. This is how you color it. It's only in this color or it's in black and white and that's it. But then there are some brands where they take the general shape or, or design of that logo and they get to run with it in some fun. You think of something like Oakley or Monster Energy Drink or Rockstar and they have their logo and you understand that, that the M from Monster with the claw ripping through the M. But you can do that in so many variations and so many different colors and flavors, if you will. Uh, hey, GM, we could do that with your GM logo. Like we could we – can, we can spice it up a little bit. You can take that that nostalgic logo and put it in different environments to to give it a different effect. You don't need to turn it into this weird. I don't know. It looks it looks like a kids brand. It looks you know like Saturday morning cartoons for ages one to seven. You know, like it just feels like the stamping on the box where you're like, hey, this is this isn't Legos. Like your- this is big blocks. Yeah. <laughs> I like your idea, you know, sub subcategorizing, you know, another logo um, for another sector. But I, I think lending itself to the original logo and keeping it a semblance of that, you know, yeah, pays tribute to the past and doesn't just forget about it and say, here, it, I don't know. I think it was a lame, lame effort, but that's just one man's opinion. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's all the comments. Actually, it's, 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 it's more yeah. than one. It's more than one man. <laughs> like, who's and, the guy who designed it, and then who's the moron who signed off on it? You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I know that's funny because that's a question we ask all the time. It's like, who signed off on this? Actually, this another one that came up is the new line of BMWs. This this giant grill that's going on in the front of the cars. The new four series. The new three series. M threes. M fours. This massive grill that's going on. Nobody has written kind words about that thing yet. Nothing. They may even love the car, but everyone just keeps going, how did this pass through so many people at the corporate level? Like, how did how did the designer – I get a designer going, hey, be bold, be out there, be different. And then somebody else is like, I like it, I like it, I like it. And then it gets rolled out. I feel badly. So the people that we work with a lot in in the automotive industry are the marketers, the PR people. They're kind of the front line to the consumer, right? Other than a dealer, they're kind of the front line to the consumer, especially as you're introducing new vehicles. 
And they should have a heartbeat on the public. And I'm telling you, I feel badly for them because they, they're just getting all the times like, what's up with the grill? Why did you guys do the grill? And they're like, I don't know, man. I'm the publicist. I'm the PR guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, they brought it to me. It was already decided. I don't get a say in it. Like, I'm the PR guy. I'm the marketing guy. I just need you to write about it and say how awesome the car is. I'm please. just doing my job. Like, please just do, you know, yeah. And, and there's, we have no choice to go. I don't know what you, what was being, what you were thinking. They're like, it's not me. Who else do we vet to? I, I know. Um, uh, anyway, it's just kind of, I feel like the GM logo is, is, is the BMW grill. It's funny, although, because the GM logo is very soft and the grill is very bold, but uh, they're both trying different things. And they're, I don't know. I think they're just kind of pushing in, in a direction that's just not, not not working i I, i'm not sure where the motivation is behind welcome to the world listen they even tried to explain (laughs) it and my thing is is look in a previous life i i was i was in marketing i was in uh advertising marketing world i i get every time somebody presents something to me if i hire a design team or hire a vendor and uh and say um They'll they'll send it to me and go, hey, here's the design. Here's your new label. Here's your new logo. I will look at it and then say, great. Why don't we get on the phone in a day or two and then you can present it to me because I like to hear the backstory. I like to hear their thoughts. I want to give them an opportunity to convince me and say, you know what? Because if there's a great story, I want to be able to tell that story to people and go, oh, I really love that. GM, as long as the representation is good in the first place. Yeah. GM released <laughs> this new logo and nobody really seemed to respond well. And then they released the story and everyone's like, the story's just as dumb as the logo. <laughs> exactly. If at least one of them was good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and people are like, no, no, it looks like a plug and it's an outlet. It shows her future to EV. And people are like, eh, eh, eh. That's kind of that's kind of kind of where they where they went with it. Um, anyway, I had a bunch of other shit to talk about, but it, I I wanted to talk about my garage for a while instead. Um, T- TRX is in KZ status, which means it's at the rail yard, and so hopefully I'm not one of those people waiting for for their vehicle to get delivered to their dealer that has it sitting at the yard for two to three weeks and can't make it on a truck. So hopefully good news soon about the TRX. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to go to Florida and when you get home, it's going to be on that driveway. I mean, hopefully I'll be able to walk to it, to drive it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and step up into it with those 35s. Wanda probably have 1200 miles on that thing. By the time you get home, (laughs) all good. That's why I'm leaving in the morning and coming back after (laughs) It's still not enough time. <laughs> still, exactly. still not enough time. She's like, I, no, she'll be with me. Oh, is Gage going with you? Because technically, there's, there's my opponent right now. Oh, there you go. Um, yes, yes. Everybody's going. They, Everybody's they, going. It might be the last time they ever see me. So yeah. <laughs> uh, because you know, on the property, I know Gage is fourteen, fourteen and a half. I imagine on the property is a good facility to teach the young man to drive. Absolutely, in the right? Willies, man, no doubt. 
no doubt three speed or and then next we're going to do the uh the modest uh, uh what is it the mercury truck with the three on the tree yeah we're going to yeah. give them the old school driving driving lesson i kind of like that idea as well uh you know start with some of the older vehicles understand the mechanics hear you no know, radio yeah. you know like hear what's going on um but once the basics are done, I, I'm a firm believer of of hitting up some sort of driving school, driving program. So then you can like go to Bondurant, do a weekend there. You guys should do it uh, there or do the one day course or the entry, you know, beginner uh, sixteen year old course. We're gonna rent. We're gonna rent an apartment at Bondurant <laughs> when we when it comes time to get that kid some driving lessons on a track. That are not taught by my wife. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, we'll, we will invest a lot of time in that place. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that as well. I think if if you have the means and you're able to do it, you should you should be able to do that because learning the basics, the mechanics of how to drive and the rules of the road are one thing. You can teach that, but then understanding the capabilities of the car, things like ABS brakes and oversteer mm-hmm. and understeer and be able to do it in an environment like what Bonnerant offers with the, with the, with the slick pad course, you know, the car on the training wheels and all that stuff. And the way yeah, they do the ABS braking, like that's f- fantastic as well. You know? Well, yeah, that's, that's extremely important, but it's not near as important as the fact that you're using someone else's vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with that completely. That's why you started with like the Mercury truck and the Willys, because they only do 62 miles an hour on a good day. Not even. Are you kidding me? Down, at, d- down Mount Everest, the Willys would do 62. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you could kind of understand the mechanics of the car first and then be able to get into the high power stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I think the Mercury's got like forty-two horsepower or something, and the I think the Willys has about eighty. So you know, yeah, he can't, he can't get in too much damage there. Well, that's good. That'll be good. Uh, all right, you guys, fans of the movie Gone in sixty seconds. These Eleanor Mustangs have been popping up for a long time. Uh, clones everywhere. There's a couple companies doing them. Uh, some are good, some are bad. Uh, you know, whatever. It's a cool looking car. I understand the attraction to it. Um, I, I think the hood's a little goofy, a little over the top. But they made eleven cars for that movie. Most of them were stunt cars, so they were just set up to. Yeah, they all get kind of banged up, and and they're and they're set up for certain things. Like this is. You know, to slide around a corner, this is to do this and to do that, and this is to wreck and whatever. So they're all configured, they're, they're all probably configured differently. They are. Oftentimes they really yeah. are. Uh, some yeah. of them have full roll cages, some of them have automatic transmissions, and some of them are, you know, set up suspension wise a certain way just to do certain things. Uh, you know, you know, be, being in, in film and TV as well, you, you can understand that there are. Oftentimes, six, seven, eight, you know, 15 cars of the same car built for for a movie and the different variations of it. So in the aftermarket world, when we start to see those cars go to auction, the ones we love are the hero cars. The hero cars are the ones that are usually built up the most with the most detail because those are – like the the close up shots. So in Gone in sixty seconds, you got Nicolas Cage in the car, and you see him walk up to the car, open the car, get in the car, 
you know, those are the hero shots. That's the most complete car. It has the best paint, the best fitment. It has the, the interior done. It has the real four-speed transmission. It has the right buttons, you know, for the – you know, for the nitrous and, you know, so there's a handful of, of these cars that are out there. And one of the hero cars, I believe this was number seven of the 11 cars um, made uh, by Cinema Vehicle Services, is up for sale. Um, we don't know what it costs, but I think they want a lot of money, possibly a million oh, bucks, like a million bucks. And it's in Germany. So uh, uh, a, a collector had it, and it's interesting because I went to the website that are selling it, and they put a, a big display, lots of photos, and and all this. You know, they're not. It's not just a, a Craigslist listing and saying, "Hey, this is the car." For lots of information, um, they're putting some time into the photo shoots and everything to sell this car properly for what they're asking for. Unfortunately, everything's in German, <laughs> so uh, so I have to rely on other people's articles going. Hey, this is the car. This is what it is. Uh, anyway, it looks fantastic. Um, and I, I bring it up because we're hoping to get a little bit of this auction season that we like. We didn't get a, you know, a Monterey car week and stuff, but January in the beginning of the year, we always get like Barrett Jackson. We get big Meekum auctions and, and, uh, we're always kind of excited to see, you know, to go when we can go, but also to see what's kind of buying and selling and everybody, you know, it's fun to watch on TV we talked about Bear Jackson moving their big auction from what's normally uh, the end of January to now uh, the end of March. And uh, uh, hopefully they'll still be able to do that. I'll, I'll reach out at some point to to Bear Jackson and see if they're still on schedule for that. Um, but there's a big Meekum auction that's coming up as uh, as well. And that's why this, this Gone in 60 Seconds car caught my attention. But there's um, – uh, Meekum is – is going to auction with this place called Muscle Car City. It's a huge muscle car collection, over 200 cars, um, some some amazing cars, vintage Corvettes, a lot of GM products, a big big case, big logo GM, not little, not new little logo GM, like like uh, you know, classic GM. <laughs> uh, 200 muscle cars. They the the guy that owns it, owns this museum, this car collection, was into commercial real estate. So obviously has a, a lot of experience on on building and storing. So he procured a former Walmart location. Walmart. <laughs> he has a 60,000 square foot facility that used to be a Walmart that's the home of this collection. And... Um, I don't know. For for whatever reason, the entire collection comes up for sale. We've seen this a few times. I, I don't want to speculate on as to why or whatever. Sometimes people just get bored. Sometimes they get sick. Sometimes they're retiring. They're just getting out of space. Whatever. Um, and sometimes it's just financial, like whatever they need. But the entire collection, 200 cars, is the it's all basically going to a, a, a Meekum auction. And from what I understand, um, almost – all of it, if not all of it, is no reserve. No reserve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, My question is that the auctions that have been going on throughout this pandemic, I'd like to see like a, a, a rap sheet on them. I'd like to see how that, how, what performed, what didn't, what was, oh my God. Cause I watched a Meekum and I, uh, obviously it's been going on since the pandemic because everybody's wearing masks 
and it was a uh, conjunction with some type of a farm sale. Mm -hmm. And man, some guys' collection with you know uh, pre-war vehicles uh, that was on after it, they were going for like nothing. So I'm really curious to see what the sale prices comparatively were this past year for the for the entities that actually put shows on. Yeah, that's actually a good question. We we talked to a few people about it. We talked to our friends at Gooding and RM and uh, and a couple of uh, guys. And <clears throat> where are they at? Um, they're they're actually doing very well. They moved to online formats like uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gooding. We had uh, uh, David Gooding uh, in here, and he was saying that this this suite of auctions that they're doing that they call geared online. And what they were able to come up with was they curate as many cars as they can for the auction, and then bring them to their location in California. So they they are offering uh, buyers an opportunity to come in and see the cars by appointment, but the auctions themselves are online, and they've actually been doing very well. Uh, and Enough so that they're they're continuing to do it, and they're attracting some pretty good cars. Um, again, there's there are often ways to fudge the numbers. The numbers being, we look at the overall sales numbers, and then we look at the sell through rate. Um, companies like Barrett Jackson always have a very high sell through rate because very few cars have a reserve, which means everything is going to sell. I think last year or the last Barrett-Jackson, I don't even know what year it was now, but the last Barrett-Jackson-Scottsdale, I think there were only like two cars that had a reserve, and it's just how it got worked out. Um, so, you know, that's – I don't know. It ends up being 99.8% sell-through rate. Uh, so guys like Gooding and RM have often done a lot of reserve cars, and so their sell-through rates maybe in the 60%, 70% range. But I think now they're doing more no-reserve cars, so the sell rates are going higher. But I'd be curious to see what the dollars look like. Yeah, I don't care about the sell rates because that's based upon the way you market it and the way you're, 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 you're offering it. Yeah. But the, the true price when the hammer drops of a car that goes through, how does it compare to last year? And also, you know, Gooding, they're up here. Barrett Jackson's right. We're talking quality of cars and, and people, the, the high end pockets of the people that go to it. Now, Barrett Jackson have a lot of people with deep pockets, but comparatively per capita gooding, you know, and those type of auctions because of the, uh, the clientele, because of what they offer. Yeah. Far fewer cars. So they all no have to be a big ticket. So I'm curious to see how Meekum, uh, if they've been hit really hard during this time. You know, there there was a statistic that came out recently just even about new cars. And what's what's happening in the new car world is That's a whole different subject. It, yeah. It it, it, it is. Um, but the similarity is uh, you know, for RM and for Gooding, you know, a Gullwing Mercedes is a million bucks and it's still a million bucks and it still sells for a million bucks. It didn't really take a hit because people in that that price bracket, understand what it is, and it's not really hurting that market. Now, what's interesting yeah. is how that translates to new car sales, that certainly through the pandemic, a lot of people are suffering financially, um, 
but it, it's no secret that the lower income levels are suffering more because those small businesses and restaurants and stuff are what's getting shut down, gyms, Absolutely. and that's hurting them the most. Um, now, if you Obviously, like I know guys that make a lot of money in the restaurant space, but they own eight or ten restaurants, and they're taking a hit because all the restaurants get. You know, your brother would be a eight or ten, right? Would would be a good person to talk to about that. No question, smart guy, financially stable, will will probably make things survive. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. means all the restaurants or some get shut down, but I was just talking with a guy about that before. So what's happening in the new car world is we're seeing a lot of the let's call them entry-level priced vehicles, the high-volume stuff, the Honda CRVs, the Civics, the $30,000 cars. Uh, our sales have dropped significantly. Absolutely. And, it, yeah. and and when you look at something like F-150, a lot of the inexpensive work truck F-150s have dropped significantly, but all of the higher-priced cars are still doing well. It, now we've seen some weird anomalies. Like McLaren yeah. took a big hit; their sales dropped, but but seventy thousand dollar F one fifties, not thirty thousand dollar F one fifties, seventy seventy five thousand are selling like crazy, you know. Uh, so it's it's it is kind of interesting. There's always some odd balance to the whole thing, right? Like. You know, the car companies would be going, "Hey, our bread and boy- butter is Toyota Camry." We're not selling Toyota Camrys, but we're moving more Lexus than before, right? You know, or something along the lines of that. So it is, uh, it is kind it's of It's the logic of the different demographics, you know, being affected or not being affected by what's yeah. going on, right? We, we, we do know even with talking with guys like Alistair Weaver from Edmonds that the used car market is high right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sustained values of cars, not a lot of deals. New car purchasing, there are deals uh, happening as long as there's inventory available. Yeah. Right? Because pandemic shuts down manufacturing. So if you're looking for specialty cars, you know, Challengers or or Mustangs and stuff, uh, production is often taking a hit. Uh, We already heard New Bronco is going to be taking a hit, like delays and C8 delays and stuff. But – but there are fantastic lease rates on on – on high volume like SUVs and things like that, right? That they. I'd be curious sell. to see if the Bronco came out right now in, with its price point, which falls in that category of the stagnant sales right now. Yeah. Because of the hoopla behind it, would it go crazy? I would think it would. You know, well, and it wouldn't be affected by what's going on because the people up here would drop down and grab that vehicle. Yeah, I I, I think it'd be curious to see, but. If there's any indication as to the pre-orders, the pre-orders on that are uh, TRX kind of fell into the same way where, hey, they're doing pre-orders on Bronco, doing pre-orders on TRX, but the ones that are fully equipped, limited edition ones, you know, Badlands editions, launch editions, the most expensive ones, even though they're limited, they're the ones that everybody buys up, right? So the the people with the money are buying the fully loaded ones right away. And so it, it to your analogy, it'd be interesting because Bronco Sport is out and the big Bronco is delayed, but definitely a different price point. So are people buying Bronco Sport as the more affordable option now? And then when Bronco comes out, will most of the Broncos be 
the higher priced fifty, sixty thousand dollar fully equipped Bronco, or are they going to be the entry level Bronco? Right? Because when you get, into- I think it's going to be both because of what's going on. Yeah, it's going to be. It, it'll be interesting. I would, I would imagine that it's going to start with the fully loaded vehicles because those guys are the ones calling the dealer, going, "When you get a Bronco in, I want it. Get me fully loaded. I want all this stuff." Right, and we talked to you know dealers like because there are a lot of those guys that are spending a hundred on restoring a seventy Bronco that they had back in the day. Yeah, they want the new. Yes, it's a second car, third car, fifteenth car, whatever you know. Absolutely, and and the truth of the matter is, for guys like that, like money's money, and and but if you if you have a collection of Ferraris or a couple of high end sports cars, Porsches. Spending $63,000 on a Bronco is not a huge ticket item, you know, for for a fully loaded Bronco. Not when the other three cars in your garage are 180000 and up. It's all relevant. You know, so um, it's kind of a, an interesting thing to see where they go. So the auction stuff is going to be interesting is I agree with if you do a big sort of Barrett-Jackson or Meekum and uh, – you know, let's say 60% of those cars are the lesser expensive cars. A lot of the Fox body Mustangs, Camaros, a lot of pickup trucks and kind of cool stuff. And people buy to do projects, you know, like, hey, I'm going to go to auction. I want to buy something clean uh, and, you know, has sort of a stamp of approval from one of the auction companies. I'm going to do a project with it or a starter car or something like that or do a build. There's a lot of those. Maybe those are going for less money. But the higher end cars, the big ticket items, you know, the flagship cars at Barrett Jackson and Meekum, uh, I I think are still doing pretty well. I just think you know, like if if a going's a million bucks, then a going's a million bucks. There's enough people out. There's more than two people out there that want that going. Yeah, and that's all that you all all that you need. You know. Uh, anyway, we, we're gonna have to 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 wrap things up. I just want to. Uh, Put a little shout out to our friend at uh, uh, Ken Block and our friends at Ford. After 10 years, uh, Ken Block and Ford are going their separate ways. And I, I want to say this. I appreciate what they did. That was a nice, long relationship. They created some amazing content. They won races, Gymkhana stuff, brought us some wacky shit, the Huna truck, the Hoonicorn. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Um, I... I I get it. It's it's business. It's just time to move on with certain things. Like you just can't do the same thing again and again and again and again. Somebody's been in the entertainment industry. It's like you got to mix it up, storylines and things like that. You got to bring in and and I don't want to say it again and again and again. Yeah. I don't want to say the uh, I don't want to say the old guys. I'm going to say the uh, the legends, the legacy guys. It's their job. To pump up the new guys, right? So the new guys that come in, and how do you do that? You take a young and up and comer, and you put him in a ring with Goldberg, and uh, and have Goldberg go, "Yeah, you should keep your eye on this kid." <laughs> There's a bit of that, right? That's a that's a Ken Block thing, right? Like Ken Block is basically, I mean, and not so many words, but. Ken is saying, we had a great 10 years. What should you do? You should start looking at Haley Deegan, right? You should be looking at this 19-year-old girl mm-hmm. who's already making waves in racing and comes from you know a very active stunt family and going, hey, you know, 
you know, when he did the video and they were drifting in, in the Fox body Mustang, the convertible that he built, that was kind of a fun, wacky project. And then brought Von Ginn Jr. in as kind of a, as an instructor so dad wouldn't have to get nervous, you know, teaching teaching his daughter how to drift. Like, that's the kind of fun stuff. It's sort of the the, the passing along the the baton to the, to the next generation. So uh, a lot of things like like that we we have to do. So um, we'll see how it unfolds. Yeah, it, it, listen. You know. Thank you, Ford. Thank you, Ken Block. You guys create some some amazing stuff, yeah. and uh, I uh, very very successful stuff. Um, and we're going to see more stuff from from Ken. Ken's also got a wonderful car collection of Subarus and all these all these cool racing cars that he wasn't really able to promote. You know, like that's the deal. And. Um, and he will be able to do that for a little while, as as or until he, somebody approaches him with a new with a new gig. But for now, um, I think he's going to have some fun pulling out some of his non Ford uh, vehicles and showing them in, in some of his videos and stuff. So it'll be fun. Ken Block with marketing and creative freedom. I yeah. can't wait to see. That's what I'm saying. He, he, <laughs> and he's. Look, he didn't come out and go, hey, we moved from Ford. We're going with this guy. He's like, I'm a free agent, basically. I want to be a free agent for a little while. He goes, tell me what I should be driving. What do you want to see in my collection? And and here's some stuff. Here's some stuff. So it's absolutely wonderful. And by the way, the guys at Ford and Jim Farley, CEO of Ford, sent out some very nice social media message saying, you've been fantastic. We've loved the, we loved the relationship. It was a wonderful decade. And you've... And just all of the accolades they've come up with, so uh, absolutely wonderful. And looking forward from both of them, from Ford and Ken, on what they're going to do, what they're going to do next. Um, I'm available. So if you, uh, uh, <laughs> if you need any hay bales, hit cold gold. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, before we uh, hit the road, I'll remind you from our friends at Geico. Do you own your home or you rent your home? Either way, we know it can be a lot of hard work, but you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because we already have so much to do around your home already, or in our case, a new new shop, new garage. So uh, give GEICO a call, and in 15 minutes, you can get a quote and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All right. So awesome, man. I imagine you're going to go eat again and work out. So we're going to... You got it. <laughs> we're going to let you go. I appreciate everything. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until next time, uh, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Boom, boom. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Oh,